Greetings to all sentient life forms in the universe. Welcome to Poetic Earthlings, a show that will provoke, inspire, and alter your perception. Here's your host from a remote location south of the 49th parallel, York Campbell. Have you heard of a show called The Most Precious Commodity? This is a sci-fi collection of stories with the overriding theme behind time. I've been listening to the show for the past couple of days. There's one episode in particular called Falling Pictures. It's brilliant. And I think you will agree as well after you hear this show. So what I've done is I reproduced and re-edited his show. I reached out to Brent Stark on Twitter, and he gave me the green light to go ahead with it. So here it is. And by the way, stick around to the end of the show as well. I'll see you on the other side. Time, time. What is time? Swiss manufactured, French hoarded, Italian squandered. Americans say it is money, Hindus say it does not exist. You know what I see? Hello everyone, this is Brent Stark, and I'd like to welcome you to the Most Precious Commodity Podcast, which is a collection of all the stories that I've written over the last few months. Most of my stories, they have this theme of time. What do we do with the time we have? Why does it always seem to go way too fast? And what happens when the time runs out? Now, if you haven't guessed by my stories with the theme of time, I'm a very nostalgic sort. And this story that I'm going to read to you today called The Falling Pictures, it is a nostalgic tale. So when I wrote this, it was both fun and painful all at the same time. Michael's lungs burned, his legs tightened, and his doubts escalated. He was now under assault by lactic acid. And worse yet, he still had Hyder Hill to ascend. Michael had no idea how far his competition trailed, but he prayed it was distant because his body was starting to fail. Then, when all hope seemed lost, he heard a voice giving both command and praise. Daddy, Daddy, speed up! The Russians are gaining! Said his daughter Lily, her body firmly strapped inside a jogging stroller. Lily was Michael's co-pilot during all of his training runs and his most vocal coach. Well, as much of a coach as a toddler could be. See, racing against imaginary runners from other countries was their game. Something they played every run. It kept her busy, and it motivated Michael to pick up the pace. 
Michael didn't like running all that much, but he liked the game. And he loved his three-year-old daughter. In two months, the pair had successfully managed to collect victories over imaginary runners from China, England, Mexico, and Australia. Good day, mate. However, if Michael didn't successfully tackle the hill, who knows what would happen? See, only Lily knew how strong imaginary Russian runners were. as Michael began to climb Hyder Hill. The Russians are falling behind. Oh, no, no, wait, they're getting close. Oh, no, they're back up again. Speed up, they're getting close. Her imaginary runners were a little unorthodox in their pacing, but it worked. It worked because hearing her little voice was all that Michael needed to get his second win. Michael raced up the hill with Lily still barking instructions. See, when Michael first attempted to take her for a run, she screamed bloody murder because she was too cold and uncomfortable. Now, she was entirely at ease, helping her daddy finish what he started. He was so proud of her for sticking with something uncomfortable and making the most of it. Just over the crest of Hyder Hill was the finish line. Also known as their house. All Michael needed to do was finish strong and Russia could be added to their list of conquest. Standing right of the finish line was world-renowned photographer, Mommy. She was poised, she was ready to take a picture of the victorious duo celebrating another hard-fought win. Michael raised one arm in victory and Lily hoisted two as the camera went. Dad. I'm ready now. Can you take me to weightlifting? Ask a much more mature voice. It was Lily's voice, but it wasn't originating from the jog stroller. Lily's voice was coming somewhere far above, and it was growing louder and louder. So loud, in fact, that it caused the ground beneath Michael's feet to into nothingness. He was falling. He hurtled headfirst into a white box. A white box full of pictures. Sweet memories. Yet he wasn't scared. He wasn't scared at all. Michael was happy even when the picture landed in the picture box. Before hitting bottom, Michael said, What a great memory. 
Michael put the top back on the picture box and found his coat somewhere in the mess of clutter that invaded their living room. He would take Lily somewhere this time, but it wasn't going to be in the jog stroller, and she wasn't three anymore. She was now 16 and working out on her own. Michael was so proud of how independent she had become. He previously had to drag her into the weight room because she hated feeling like she would vomit. However, now she was doing something uncomfortable on her own. See, she learned that from a jog stroller on a running path when she was three years old. Michael had found that mysterious picture box when he and Amanda were packing to move. They were downsizing into a condominium because Lily would soon be off to college in a few years and the extra space would be needed. Finding those pictures came at precisely the right time. Michael and Amanda had been downcast for a while because soon their little girl was growing up and was going to be leaving the nest. The white box of photos were buried deep in a closet, probably left years before. So long, in fact, that both parents didn't even remember when the pictures were taken. The odd thing about the pictures in this box was that if either parent looked at them, they would be transported into the time that the photograph was taken. Michael loved those pictures. He took them with them everywhere, out to dinner, to Lily's volleyball matches, on car rides, even while he was running. All he needed to do was look at them and his almost adult child was young again. It was as if the passage of time never happened. Michael found his seat and opened the box. with the crowd buy me some peanuts and cracker jack i don't care if i never get back let me root 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 for the home team if they don't win it's a shame because it's one two three strikes you're out at the old black widows were down seven to six with two runners on base in the bottom of the sixth inning of the finals of the eight u girls fast pitch league the game wasn't supposed to be close, but for some reason it was. Perhaps the Eagles had overlooked them. Or maybe, just maybe, the Black Widows had peaked at the right time. But the game was coming down to the wire. Lily was in its crosshairs. Now, Lily hadn't had a great game. She had struck out twice and grounded out weakly to the pitcher. That was the pitcher that the most of the team could hit. Not the intimidator. The one that all the girls thought that could throw 500 miles per hour. The one who had control issues and was about to face Lily with the championship on the line. Not good. See, Michael, he was the Black Widow's coach and he was just happy to be in the game. He was so proud of how the girls improved throughout the season. Well, until Lily was up at the plate, Michael wanted her to do well. 
not only had she struggled to hit during the game, but she was quiet throughout the season. She didn't say much. She didn't say a lot to her teammates and would often try to hide in plain sight somewhere deep in the outfield. Now, Michael, he wasn't sure how much she liked softball or sports in general. She seemed just too timid for the heartbreak that many times accompanied it. Come on, Lily! Come on, Lily! You can do it! Cheered her teammates. Lily had two strikes. With the game starting to dwindle away. Yet, Lily didn't look timid anymore. The encouragement from her teammates gave her confidence. She now looked determined. Determined to hit the ball. Determined to win the game. The Intimidator wound up. And propelled the ball toward the plate. The force of her delivery caused the wind to brush the trees and swirl the dirt. All eyes were now focused on Lily and the accelerating softball. She stuck her bat out at just the right angle and at just the right time. There it goes, deep to left, really deep. The ball slammed off her bat and rocketed into right field. The runners at second and third scored. The Black Widows were now the eight-year-old recreational softball league champions. The team rushed to congratulate Lily. Her hit had won the game. And that once timid player hiding in the outfield, oh, she was now the hero. Michael was so proud of his girl for not hiding, but facing a challenge head on. Amanda had to get a picture of Lily and Michael holding up the trophy. Welcome to JV High School Volleyball, said the public address announcer. The ground beneath Michael's feet began to drop. A nothingness. He was once again headed into the picture box. Before hitting bottom of the box, Michael said, What a great memory. Michael closed the picture box and prepared to watch Lily play the sport she was passionate about. She had given up softball many years prior, but stuck with volleyball. And that once timid outfielder? was now a leader and encourager on the court. Come on, ladies, we can do this. She learned that when she was eight years old on a softball field. Lily's turn to drive. 
She had just earned her learner's permit a few days ago and was now on her way to get her driver's license. It wasn't easy, especially at the start. Her car would start for a while and then she would quickly tap the brake. The constant changing of the motion made Michael car sick, but he was determined to help her, no matter how nauseous he felt. Lily was nervous, as most drivers are, but she persisted. Every opportunity she had, she was driving with her parents through the neighborhoods in hopes that someday she would be able to navigate her way home by way of busy roads. One day, she finally did it. She turned right from Boston Terrace onto Smeltzer Road, and without blinking an eye, she and Michael made it home without incident. No accident, no yelling, and no vomiting. It was a win for both of them. Michael was proud of her for successfully facing her fears. Thanks, Dad, for all your help. They pulled into the driveway. Amanda, standing next to the driveway, camera pointing at them. As Michael looked on proudly, the ground beneath Michael's SUV began to drop. He was once again headed back into the picture box. Before hitting bottom, Michael said, What a great memory. Dad, what are you looking at? Oh, I'm just looking at old pictures. Can I look at them? I'm a little nervous about leaving home and starting college. Sure, I would love that. I think the pictures will help. They always seem to help. They spent hours laughing at their old adventures and sharing their thoughts about the future. The last picture they looked at that night was of them sitting in the SUV after Lily had successfully driven on Smeltzer Road. Dad, I think I'm ready. She had learned to be brave on Smeltzer Road and on every picture contained in that old white box. As they closed the white box, Amanda stepped into the room and caught the moment on camera. The floor drops. As Michael flipped the picture of both of them sitting together, looking at photos in the white box, it was now Lily's wedding day. She learned that from her mommy and daddy. As a child, I was never one to dream about my wedding day. Never did I envision the dress I'd be wearing, the way my hair would fall, or the man that would be standing in front of me. It wasn't until sophomore year of college, and I remember the state clear as day, that I had this overwhelming sense of comfort and faith that I would one day, when the time was right, find someone who adored me, who appreciated me, and who loved me tirelessly. 
As I stand here today, I am looking at a man who is beyond anything I could have ever dreamt of. Thank you for listening to the bonus episode, Falling Pictures. Written by Brent Stark. Produced and edited by yours truly. To reach out to Brent, follow the show notes on my website, whiteacurthlings.com. Or you can always type in the most precious commodity on your favorite podcast app. Thank you once again, Brent. Next week, we'll return to episode two of Poetic Earthlings. Checking out time is 3 p.m. Remember, be kind to each other. Tells of this sort aren't interested in you when you come in, but... Be a good earthling. And I'll talk to you soon.